0: In Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, in the Pew Bible that is in front of you, or if you are up in the balcony, the Pew Bible is underneath you. Uh, that is page 859. Page 859, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. I am reading out of that Pew Bible that's in front of you, so you're welcome to follow along. If you're using a digital Bible, we are using the CSB translation. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. We're here in the Sermon on the Mount. And what Jesus teaches us today is how you are to go about doing your acts of righteousness. Everyone has to, whatever religion you're a part of, has to practice acts of righteousness. Every religion prescribes certain acts of righteousness. There are things that you're supposed to do that are pleasing to your God. Some people burn incense to their God as an act of righteousness, or count rosary beads, or uh, offer various sacrifices, or pray in certain directions. And these are the ways in which you are to practice righteousness in those religions. What we have today from Christ is how our God wants us to do our acts of worship before Him. Perhaps you're a new Christian today. Perhaps you're a newer Christian today. And you want to do what is pleasing to God. And and perhaps you were here last week when we went through all the commandments. You have heard it was said this, but now I tell you this. You understand the laws of God and the sorts of things that you are not to do. But if the joy of the Lord is bursting out in your life and you want to do righteous things before God, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to go about doing those acts of righteousness? What is a life pleasing to God? What we have from Jesus today are three illustrations of acts of righteousness there is prayer, fasting, and giving. Common. To a lot of different people, prayer, fasting, and giving, not unusual, not surprising. But as we read all three of these today, I want you to look for the common theme that goes throughout all of them. Because what Jesus is teaching today is not just how to give, and not just how to pray, and not just how to fast, but what He's teaching is how a Christian ought to do all acts of righteousness, how these things are going to be made pleasing to God, or to put it another way, there is a way to do charitable giving that is not pleasing to God. Likewise, there is a way to pray that's not pleasing to God. There's a way to fast that's not pleasing to God. So, if we want to do our acts of righteousness, if you are rejoicing at how great God is, and you want your life to reflect that rejoicing… How do we go about doing the things that God wants us to do? How can we go about doing good acts before other people? Let's pray and let's read Jesus' answer today. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, and I pray that the reading of it and the hearing of it would be worshiped to you. I pray that you would teach us today so that we could worship you better. This I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 6, verse 1, Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they already have their reward But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray... Go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't, don't babble on like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this, our Father in heaven. Your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Whenever you fast... Don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. They make their faces unattractive so their fasting is obvious to people. Truly I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord today. Usually when we look at these passages, we look at them separately, and that's good and right to do because, man, there is so much in there, and there might be so many questions you came up with in reading those about how exactly you should practice these acts of righteousness. But still, when you read them all together like that, you see a lot of themes repeated, don't you? And so what we want to do today is take these repeated themes and apply them to all acts of righteousness. To be sure, Jesus mentions three here. He mentions giving, he mentions prayer, and he mentions fasting. But certainly, these are not all of the acts of righteousness that there are, right? There are are many other things that you can do in order to offer that act as a righteous offering before God. What are they? Just think for a minute. So, there's giving. We've got that. There is prayer. We've got that one. There is fasting. What about simple kindness? acts of piety. Do you know the encouraging each other is an act of righteousness, being the kind of person who is encouraging to the people around you? Don't you know that God calls us also to singing, worship as an act of righteousness? This is one as well, and there's a wrong way to do it and a right way to do it. Memorizing Scripture as an act of righteousness. Sacrificing, not just in giving, but in sacrificing in all sorts of ways. Caring for the needs of others can be an act of righteousness towards God. Peacemaking. Did you know that if Christ is a peacemaker, and He is, He has made peace between us and the Father, then the act of us making peace between people is an act of righteousness if done according to the criteria of God. Simply put for us today, there is a way to do all sorts of acts of righteousness in an unrighteous way, and there is a way to do them in a way that is righteousness. So, if you want to live the righteous life before Christ, if you want your acts of righteousness to be received before God, what are those ways in which God wants your acts of righteousness to be? First of all, you are to do it in secret. You're not to make this about you, and you're not to make this about them. You're to do it in secret because God sees everything. That's repeated again and again here, right? It says, your father who is in secret will see this. There's nothing you can hide from him. This God who saw Adam and Eve in the garden and knew exactly what was going on, since that point and at all times, there's nothing that's been missing to him you can pray quietly and give quietly. He's not gonna miss it. This God sees everything. But the wrong way to do it would be doing it like the hypocrites, Jesus says. When they do it, when they go to give, it's like there's a trumpet in front of them. So we passed the offering plate around here this morning. And perhaps you're the person sitting in your seat who takes your offering and doesn't put it in an envelope, but fans it out real big, you know. You're sitting on the end and the plate comes by and you, you know, and you have somebody behind you going, do 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 trumpeting how, how great your act of righteousness is, but that is literally what they were doing. It's not hyperbole here. Jesus sometimes speaks in hyperbole. He's not speaking in hyperbole here. There was like this trumpeting procession of somebody going to do their righteous act. But you don't have to use your imagination to imagine this, do you? There's all kinds of people who do this today. Whatever righteous act they do, they trumpet it from the rooftops. Perhaps you spend some time on social media. You do, right? It's all of you. 90% of you. Perhaps you've seen somebody film themselves doing something nice for somebody else on Instagram. No, you've never seen this. (laughs) Never once. You've seen anybody going and handing the $20 bill to a homeless guy to smile at the camera and look at how great they are, or to feed starving dogs on the streets and then smile uh, for likes and say, hey, by the way, follow me. Surely no one has ever done that, right? All the time, people can do things that are otherwise a kind gesture and potentially an act of righteousness, but when you do it for yourself, it's no longer an act of righteousness if it's not done towards God. You see, in giving, there are three parties. There's the person giving, the person receiving, and there's God. If you're doing it for you, the person giving, you've done it wrong. If you're doing it for the person receiving, still likewise, that, that's nice. And surely always you will receive some intrinsic benefit of feeling good about yourself, and they will receive the benefit of having received something. But the real act of righteousness is when you've done it before God, saying, God, I'm trying to make it to where I don't even know about me doing this because I just want it to be an act of worship to you. Now, this is for you and you alone, and that's how you'll know it is if you do this as secretly as possible. So my kids have been doing uh, random acts of kindness, not so random perhaps, but acts of kindness, just the phrase random acts of kindness is in our collective subconscious, right? And, uh, and Isaac was trying to come up with ideas, I shouldn't name names, sorry. One of my unnamed children was recently this week trying to, trying to do some kindness things, because there was some kind of reward at school for him doing this, and so he was trying to come up with some kindness things so he could write it down on his sheet and he could, he could turn that in. How do you feel about this, just as an act of training children? How do you feel about this? I mean, it's not the worst, right? I mean, if, without that training, my kids would just be doing acts of violence rather than acts of <laughs> kindness, you know? I mean, random acts of kindness. There are worse things than adding a little kindness into the world. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging of this. I appreciate that the school is thinking at least a little in a holistic way. Okay, let's try to teach them to do kindness things because doing some, it's true, it, you can't not help it. Doing something kind, it makes you feel better. It makes somebody else, it helps somebody else out. It's good. It's just good, and that's great. But it's still not quite up to an act of righteousness if our goal as Christians is to live a life essentially saying thank you to God for what He has done for us, then all of our acts, we need to work on ourselves because we can quickly make these things about us, even if we're not paying attention, to being solely about God. Let me give you an example from the world. Uh, this past, in the past two weeks, the CEO of the clothing company Patagonia has been in the news a lot, right? You guys know Patagonia, you, you wear high-end, outdoorsy Chic things, no. All right. Well, anyway, Patagonia—they make a lot of like uh, fancy outdoorsy uh, sort of clothing. Uh, the company's been around for a long time and has become real popular in the last thirty years uh, for making really high-end outdoorsy stuff. Uh, the company CEO is now sixty-three, and so sorry, eighty-three, and has to be thinking about the future as one does. So he has just donated ninety-eight percent of the company to a charitable trust. Uh, so all of the proceeds will go to environmental issues, and the tagline was that the earth is our largest shareholder, right? Now that may or may not strike you as, as nice one way or another, but, uh, but what do you think? What do you think about this act of kindness, the idea that all proceeds or 98% of them are now going to go straight into a charitable trust And all of those proceeds from that trust are supposed to go to handling and helping environmental issues. It sounds good, yeah. I mean, it's not not good, I suppose. Kind of depends on what helping the environment means to you. And if that's a positive thing or a negative thing, the ways in which they try to go about helping things out. But let me tell you a few other things. The other 2% of the company, the other 2% of the shares, are actual voting shares. And all that 98% are non-voting shares. So the control of the company does remain with the founder, CEO, and his family. And then that 98%, the, uh, the trustees of that trust are all him and his family members. And what's more, it means you don't have to pay taxes on that $3 billion that you have set aside for charity. All right? Now, I'm not trying to come down on him, it's just a really good example. All sorts of companies do this, and I suppose it's the most American thing in the world to try and decrease your tax liability. You, dear friend, this isn't a sermon point today, but you should try to decrease your tax liability too, by whatever way is legal and moral and ethical. So we're not necessarily upset with this, and maybe he's going to do some good with it. We'll see, but he also got an article written up in about every news outlet in the past two weeks as a part of this act. Of something. It was an act. It was definitely an act. Let's say for us, without much judgment for him, but just to do it as an illustrative way for us, that sort of thing won't work. Or maybe it will. I've got a great idea. What do you guys think about us starting to sell some naming rights to different parts of this new sanctuary? I think it's gonna work out great, you guys. We could have like the SRP kneeling benches. Don't you think this we could We could juice them a little bit. We'd have uh, the Starbucks connector lobby. I feel like we could uh, we could speed get some sponsorship. The taco truck sound booth. I'll be honest with you guys. I would name something after. The, I'm I'm supporting them anyway. They get free marketing for me all the time. You should eat at the taco truck. It's delightful. <laughs> that's that's what I wanted. Our acts of God are going to be judged by God. There will be a day when you stand before God. And if you're a Christian, then the wrath of God doesn't scare us because there's no more wrath left in Christ in God for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Our sins have been forgiven. And so we don't have to we don't worry about the wrath of God, but we are still going to stand before God with what did you do with your life? However many days you were a Christian, was it a week or was it decades, what did you do with that time? And you and I, we who have been given so much by God and have so much to say thank you to him for, we want to offer everything, our whole lives. So when it comes to giving, in order to offer it properly to this God of ours, listen, you don't have to sh- flash it about for him to see it. He sees it. Give it secretly, give it quietly, because the hypocrisy that lurks in other people lurks in our hearts as well. You've got to make it to where you don't even know. The left hand doesn't even know what the right hand is doing. But by all means, offer your acts of righteousness to God with a simple prayer. Father God, this is small, but I am doing it as an offering before you. Please receive what little I have as an act of worship. You want to do it secretly, but you also want to do it sincerely. That's what's going on when he talks about prayer. When he gets to the section about prayer, he says, you don't want to do this publicly, yelling on the street corner about how pretty your praying is and how righteous you are for praying. But then he says, you also don't want to be like the Gentiles who keep babbling on and on in their prayers, thinking that God will hear them. The idea for those Gentiles was, if you repeat the same prayer over and over again, you can perhaps compel your God to hear you. And this is a common practice throughout the world and throughout all kinds of religion, the idea that if you just repeat it enough times, God will have to forgive you. Let's say you go and confess a sin, say, this is the sin I've done. And your priest tells you, well, you just have to pray this prayer this many times and God will forgive you. But that's not the way it works. Babbling on and on, this repetition isn't going to make God hear you anymore. If this God is as powerful as He says He is, and He is, and if this God is as good as He says He is, and He is, and if this God is as near to you as He says He is, and He is, then He hears you when you pray. What's more, this God wants you to pray to Him. We, we shouldn't go to Him praying like they're magic words, or that if we say the right things enough, we can go into an ecstatic trance of some kind. Or if you just pray on the right formula, you can make God answer your prayers. Or if you just have the right person to pray for you, that person, God will answer their prayers. No, no, none of this works like this. The foundation of our prayer is trusting in who God is and that He is who He says He is and that He wants to answer our prayer. We must pray sincerely, not insincerely. The goal is not to try to coerce God to do what you want Him to do. The goal is to go to God and let Him transform your heart and make your needs and your requests known to Him. The former Catholic priest, Brennan Manning, he wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel way back in the 90s, but it's delightful still, and I think it holds up. But he tells a story when he was beginning, when he was a, a young, very young priest and just beginning, and he was trying to act very righteously and wanted to do everything right, and he was aware of the sin in his life, and so he was in this monastic retreat center where you, you whip yourself a little bit, you, 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 you beat yourself up a little bit, you do the self-flagellation, Uh, In order to demonstrate, you know, your righteousness to God and to identify with Christ on the cross, and so hit yourself a little bit. And he's going down the hall where all these little monks have their little cells that they can be in, you know, each each having their own little separate space. And as he's walking down the hall, he can hear one guy, and it's really loud. He hears, ah, crack of the whip, ah, ah. And he walks. He's like, gosh, he's like, man, I've got to be as righteous as this guy. As he walks by, he can see inside the cell, this other guy smoking a cigarette and whipping the wall and going, ah, ah. First of all, self-flagellation is not an act of righteousness in any case. Christ bore our sins upon Himself, and Christ bore the wrath of God. For us. You must no longer beat yourself up because of your sin. Christ has bore it, and if He has paid for it, then it is done. It is finished, and it is gone. There's no room left for you beating yourself up over the sins of the past. He has forgiven them, and there is literally no room for self-flagellation, for beating yourself up in hopes of gaining righteousness. But the insincerity of it is what's illustrative for us. There are all kinds of ways to practice your righteousness in an insincere way, a sort, of a, a sort of a giving, a sort of encouraging other people, a sort of singing, memorizing Scripture, caring for other people, trying to do peacemaking. There's a way to do this where you're doing it in hopes to get God's attention as if you didn't already have it You're doing it in such a way to coerce a response that you want out of God. But this will not work for a God who already loves you and wants good for you. So instead, even as we do our acts of righteousness silently, we must do them secretly or sincerely as well, secretly and sincerely to God. As you do your righteousness before him, simply say to the Lord, I know this is small, but I want to say thank you. I know this is a small thing, but this is me saying thank you to you, Lord. In in a sincere way, let us go to our God and offer our acts of righteousness sincerely. Finally, we need to do them simply. Have you read the Lord's Prayer? Did you hear me read the Lord's Prayer? How long did it take to read the Lord's Prayer? If you are a new Christian and you hear about Christians who are in prayer for an hour or so, and you've read the Lord's Prayer, you might be surprised, like, how how slow a reader are they? You might be thinking to yourself, it would be incorrect. By all means, being in prayer for extended periods of time was the practice of Christ and should be the practice of believers. There's nothing wrong, it is good and right to go for extended times of prayer. Sometimes you have so much to talk to the Lord about that it's just going to take some time. <laughs> so. That's not babbling on and on. That's not repetition in hopes of coercing Him. That is simply telling Him everything that's on your heart and everything that's going on around you. Perhaps you just have a long list of missionaries that you like to pray for and you like to support in prayer, and so by all means, take as long as you like. But understand, there is a way to pray that is so convoluted and confusing that it doesn't make any sense to have started praying that way. There can be such a repetition of stock phrases that you might say to yourself, Why are we even praying right now? Good good acts of righteousness and good prayer before God is simple. Frequently, people can be startled by how simply we Christians pray sometimes. Someone says, Would you pray for me? I have cancer. And the Christian goes to the person and says, I'll be happy to. Father God, I just ask that you would heal this cancer. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> he heard. I'm telling you, this God is near. The Holy Spirit is on us. All we have to do is make our requests known to Him. It's not that it's wrong to pray for an extended period of time. By all means, do. You understand that this God is near, this God hears you, and a simple prayer will do. A part of the teaching of the Lord's Prayer is not to give you a formula you can't deviate from you, but it is to tell you it is perfectly appropriate to pray simply what you need to God because this God loves you and cares about you and wants to hear it. So in all ways, there are all sorts of acts of righteousness that you can practice. Many more than this. Certainly, you should be giving. You should be praying. You should be fasting. But when you do these things, The way in which you do an act of righteousness to Christ is not to do it according to the right formula, and it's not to do it at the right time of day, and it's not just the right amount, but the way to do acts of righteousness that are truly pleasing to God is to do them secretly so that it's not about you, it's about Him. It is to do it sincerely, not trying to coerce him to do what you want or trying to rub the lamp to get the genie to answer your prayers, but rather to go to him with a sincere heart. And finally, the acts of righteousness that God requires are simple. It is as easy as a gift. It is as easy as a note. It is as easy as singing worship to him. Let us, dear friends, you who are saved by Christ let us worship Him secretly, sincerely, simply. This doesn't mean that some things don't happen in public. We sing together, you understand. That we sing secretly doesn't give you the excuse to suddenly stop singing in worship. No, raise your voice and make a joyful noise and join in with the congregation. Likewise, we pray together, we do these things together because we are in covenant, but we must always be careful that these things are about Christ, not about us. I suppose, in short, the easy way to say this is we are to do our acts of righteousness like Christ did for Christ's sake in Jesus Christ's name. Let us, friends, live, act, live righteous lives before God. Let each one of us even now, be thinking about and looking for that next thing you can do that is a devotion for Christ. If it is taking care of somebody you love, (laughs) simply pray to God, Father, receive this as an act of thankfulness to me for all that you've done for me. If it is giving or providing for other people, Father God, I do these things because of what you've done for me in forgiving my sins. In all things, let us offer our lives as a pleasing sacrifice to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father God, I pray that we would be a congregation that is dearly devoted to the righteous life before you, that in all ways, that in every way, we would act righteously before you. And pray that you would receive our lives as pleasing sacrifices to you. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship Jesus one more time together. If you need to come forward today, I've got great.